0: From their humble beginnings on a cattle station in the Kimberley of Western Australia, Ringers Western's inspiration comes from their roots. Ringers pride their brand on being tough, adaptable, sometimes cheeky, but always offers you class and loyalty. These principles, along with a high standard of design and quality, set Ringers Western way ahead of the mob. Personally, three quarters of my wardrobe is Ringers and the majority are their jackets. With winter coming soon, head to ringerswestern.com to check out the range and get yours today. Welcome back to Reminisce with Jaden. We're very lucky today. We've got uh, two-time scooter champion, national scooter champion, Maddie Chiravalo on the pod. So welcome to the pod, mate. Yeah, Thanks for having me. Super stoked to be here. We, uh, we met at, at the boxing one night. We were, yeah. um, had, a, had a table on the, on the side. It was a nice feed, dinner, watch the boxing, um, and then I've just sort of kept in contact since then. Yeah. So it was really good meeting you. You've um, run us through your, how you got into scootering, how you became national champion.
1: I won't go too far back, but I actually raced motocross originally. So, like, I've always been into into sports. Um, played a little bit of football when I was younger, but not too much. Um, but then, I was always into like the individualized sports. So there's something about like team sports that I wasn't a massive fan of, and I think I, th- I think it's because I kind of thought, well if I don't do well, then I let other people down. But if I do well and then they don't do well, they let me down. So it's like this weird, I don't know, like I kind of wanted to be a bit more independent, I guess. So I started racing motocross, absolutely loved that, did that for probably like five or six years. Um, And then that got expensive as it does. Um, So got out of doing that, but I actually ran into a person who's now one of my best friends uh, at a skate park. And then back then it was just like the little Razor scooters, the little foldable ones that most people still think of. Of Like what, when you think of a scooter, that's what it is. Um, so he was doing all these crazy tricks and I'm just like, dude, what? I didn't even know that was possible. How's the, How are you even doing that? That's, uh, that's crazy. And because I just always liked things that were like slightly different that you'd kind of never seen. So um, I picked one up, started getting into it, and then um, – within probably like really a year or two, I actually got sponsored by the first big company that started to come in, um, which was called uh, MGP. It's like Maggie Action Sports, which was a, yeah, one of the well-known companies actually. And started traveling. Like when I was literally 14 years old, I was traveling interstate pretty much every weekend. So, Um, I actually dropped out of school, wouldn't drop out of school, but transitioned into homeschool for year 10, 11, 12, because I was traveling interstate every single weekend. So I was like, okay, well, like I sat down with the teachers and the principals and they said, okay, well you, you can do great on your grades, but your attendance will just fail you anyway. So they're like, just do this other thing. So I did this thing that was called DCV, which is like distance education, um, which was, so difficult to do because, like, you can just go out and ride and do whatever you want whenever you want, but you also have to make sure you're attentive and actually go and do your work when you need to do your work. So, was, was-, was your mum your teacher? Actually, no. Like, it's not the traditional, like, when you think of homeschool. It was actually, like, online classes and stuff. So, definitely, mum helped out a lot, like, with definitely with certain things, Um, especially because at the time, I was studying law as well. So, that was, like, to to try and learn that on your own um, was, like, super difficult. So, I ended up being interstate or overseas for a lot of that period too when I was supposed to be studying and doing this so like I missed a lot of our meetings that we'd have like because they still tried to keep meetings like with a classroom to make it a bit social to some aspect I yeah, guess yeah. um so you actually it was self-taught so the discipline there was like <laughs> oh just I, I could i don't know how I even got through it, really, like when I think about it now, because you could just go and do whatever you want. No, whatever I did want. mainstream schooling and like, <laughs> even in mainstream, when you're in the class, it's still hard to yeah, concentrate and make yeah. sure you get everything done. So yeah, definitely. Uh, so like I had that flexibility and I could do whatever, but yeah, by the time I was 16, it was pretty much international trips every year um, and, you know, interstate trips every other weekend kind of thing. So, um, and then that eventually just led to kind of like where I'm at now with scootering, which is just, it's grown over years um, as a sport in like the action sports world, it kind of just blew up massive in like 2013, 2014, and then just kind of grew more and more as it became a bit more mainstream. Um, and I was pretty much in the first kind of generation of that and the first prime of that, I would say. Um, so I, I'm, I'm stoked to still be in it now, but yeah, it's been probably, I've been riding now for like 15 years nearly, yeah, 14 years, something like that, so... Yeah. Long yeah you time. you touched on it
0: before, you obviously new motocross and now scootering. And for me, I'm just your average sports person. I like I go out in the footy field and I I feel like it's pretty safe. Like you're not <laughs> you're not gonna hurt yourself. Obviously you've you've got no fear doing those two sports. Um, does that translate into your life as well? Like are you Yeah how you feel it? Sure.
1: Yeah, yeah. I would say um it definitely like has taught me a uh, majority of my life lessons for sure. Like uh that that would be being fearless. And when that might be just approaching certain things like business, or it could be um, taking scary risks, whatever that might be in life, you know, could be asking out a girl, doesn't matter what it is. <laughs> um, but I'm probably still pretty terrible at that. I'm glad I have a girlfriend. <laughs> so I don't going to worry That's about a lot that. Of scary, Yeah. Um, but the, honestly, where it's probably helped me so much is like public speaking, things like that. So um, because I kind of put it in a picture, like when I was 13 years old I had to learn how to sell a scooter to a 40 year old parent basically (laughs) like how can I advertise these companies to say like you know that these are the best scooters this is what you should buy and, you know, if a 13-year-old k- kid came up to you right now trying to sell you something, you would be like, dude, what are you talking about? You don't know what you're <laughs> talking about, kind of thing. So um, I learned that from such a young age. And we used to do a lot of like public things, going to schools, signings, all this different stuff. So now I'm kind of at a point where you could probably put me, you know, like in the MCG on a microphone and I could make a speech, no problem. Like I wouldn't, that wouldn't scare me at all. Like it wouldn't. um and just because I know how to speak in public. Yeah, exactly right. So that's like, that's probably where it's transitioned for most people, you know, um, you can't even put a camera on them without them <laughs> freaking out, you know, like, a, like a lot of my friends, like in, in general, um, outside of the, the scootering and action sports world, if you put a camera on and they're like, you know, turn, turn that <laughs> off unless it's like Snapchat or something like that. But, um, Yeah. Generally speaking, if it's like a a camera and you're trying to film with them and stuff, they're they're freaking out. Whereas for me, it's always been natural. I've always been in front of cameras since I was young. So, um, I think definitely it's transitioned for sure. Definitely helpful.
0: Yeah. I obviously grew up doing a little bit of scooting. I tried my hand at longboarding, skateboarding, BMX, did a little bit of everything. Um, and I always thought it'd be cool. Like you'd go to Borderline. I'd, did you used to shop at Borderline? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah you go. Yeah. Everyone That's had the bumper so stickers yeah. and um, you'd go in there. I think it was the, the Reds bearings Red or something. Bearings, that was a, yeah, dude. They were the yeah, ones yeah, to get. Yeah, but for sure. <laughs> when, how old were you when you first got sponsored?
1: So I started riding when I was 13 and I actually got my first sponsor by the time I was 14. So within a year basically of riding. And was
0: yeah. that like open seller? Like you just, all oh, right, I need new bearings, I need new wheels.
1: Yeah, so the my very first like – so MGP was my first really notable sponsor, but before that I was sponsored by like a shop and it used to be like, yeah, I'd go in there and I'd say, like we had, we kind of had this funny deal, which now that I think about it, it was so weird, but it used to be like, hey, I need new wheels and it was like okay this time he'll give them to me but next time I'll pay for them and it was like this trade on trade off kind of thing yep. um, but bear in mind back then products weren't great so we were going through stuff like no tomorrow it was like <laughs> a scooter wouldn't last you more than 2-3 weeks because you're just snapping them and you know they were just terrible so yeah it was kind of like this <laughs> a funny little collaboration there for sure. But And for anyone who hasn't checked out Maddie, your
0: Instagram at Matty Travlo yep. it's yep. unbelievable <laughs> we put up all your edits and some of the yeah. stuff you do is amazing the way that <laughs> scooter moves the way you moved on backflips, everything. It's unbelievable. Um, The crashes, I presume there's going to be a lot of crashes. Do they reduce once once you've more experience in the field or do you just try harder stuff and still continue to crash?
1: Yeah, I think – I, I guess it's kind of a mixture of both, to be honest. Um, I would say like the, the more older I've gotten, um, the more mature I've gotten in the way I go about trying new things. So I might be a little bit more cautious in the way that I do them. Um, whereas when I'm younger, I don't really think about it. Like I always say to people now when they ask how I can do what I do now, I'm like, well, if I started it at my age now, I wouldn't be able to do it because I've got way too much common sense now. And I know <laughs> yeah. I can hurt myself back then oh, I'm just a kid. I don't even know. I think I'm invincible, you know? Like I thought I can just do whatever I want whenever I want and I'll (laughs) be fine. Um, But now the consequences of being injured and everything like that are much higher as well. So um, I would say I definitely have been injured less, like definitely as I've gotten older. Um, I don't think it's necessarily got to do with like being such a better rider as much as it has also like just the, I always wear protective gear when I ride. I always, um, you know, make sure that I'm not going too far out of my realm of things. I use like foam pits and things that we call like a resi ramp, which is like a black mat over a a piece of foam basically which yep. just cushions the landing so try to take the right precautions to prevent injury you know like it'd be and it'd be similar like within football just stretching and doing basic things like that and not trying to you know be doing anything too stupid that's gonna put you in injured so yeah
0: that's it you take the measures to reduce the risk is as, as much as you can what would be your your worst injury I suppose
1: so the my worst one um, that probably put me out for the longest, it was the hardest to deal with, was I, the, I've actually broken my ankles like four or five times, which is just <laughs> absolutely terrible, I know. But um, the, I think one of the reasons is because like back when all this happened, I never used to wear like knee pads or anything. Um, and knee pads have come into play in the past kind of like a couple of years where it really takes that pressure off your ankles because you can just slide on your knees and stuff. Um, but the last time that I did it, I actually completely like dislocated my whole ankle and snapped my tip and fib. So I had to get plates and pins and everything put in it. What's a good six, eight months. Oh, it was like, yeah, at least six months for the recovery. Um, but the problem was, is that, to, to actually start the rehab and everything like that to get back to where you were. It's like a 12 months kind of yeah. span, you know, like before you even close to where you were. Um, and so I still have the plates and pins and stuff in my leg now, but I got one of the main screws taken out that you had to. Um, but other than that, like it, it hasn't been too bad, but it is, it's pretty painful even to this day because it was the time off that does your head in because you're just sitting there doing absolutely nothing you know and for active people like us that's not ideal. (laughs) Oh 100% I've been very fortunate in my line of work to
0: not really have any injuries I've had a little one here and there maybe two or three weeks but there's a lot of boys that go through ACLs and um, one of our one of my teammates Charlie Common's actually broken his tibia at the moment so you see them going through this stuff and um, I suppose how is your confidence level coming back obviously you've had this You've done it five times. Your ankle, yeah. <laughs> are you are you just as confident when you still get on that scooter?
1: Now, now I definitely am, um, because it's it's. I think I've learned how to deal with injuries and stuff a lot better, especially coming into like the the most recent ones that I've had. But um, the first few times, it was like a massive confidence killer because it was right in the middle of when I was progressing, um, and it was kind of like I did it once, and then by the time I'd got back to my full capacity, I did it again. And then my full capacity, and then I did it again, <laughs> and it was just—it was like I was living on repeat constantly in my head, like going through this thing. And I felt like I spent more time in a car sitting on a, on a bed yep. than at the skate park doing what I was supposed to be doing. So, it was—I guess—it was the time off of the scooter and everything that was probably the hardest thing to deal with. Um, but once I came back, I could build that confidence back up. But it was just a more a matter of like. How many times can it keep happening (laughs) before, you know, you get too old to be able to do it? So I would say overall, I've been pretty fortunate as bad as like those injuries sound. I haven't had any significant injuries that have been kind of life threatening or anything like that, um, which I've been been very fortunate with because I obviously know people that definitely have, um, but it's still a confidence killer to have even the, the small one so
0: oh for sure yeah and you're talking about
1: the foam pits before i remember
0: going up we'd go down to the the indoor skate parks the, i think it was the shed it yeah. ramp yeah. fest and they were sort of the only places you found those foam pits and yeah. you could really try whatever you wanted and you know you weren't going to get hurt where was your uh, local your local skate park growing up?
1: So I I actually grew up in a in a little country town called Whittlesey, which is not so little anymore, but, <laughs> you know, um, growing a bit. But, uh, yeah, we had, like, a pretty dodgy little skate park there, concrete skate park. It was, like, either uh, you had, like, a one-foot little ramp that you could ride or you go straight to a six- or seven-foot ramp that's terrifying. So... Um, but other than that, we had Epping Skate Park and kind of before all the foam pits and stuff, we just used mattresses. So yep. we would just go to like, you know, we'd go right around the streets. The hard rubbish collection. Yeah, 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 literally, and just drag a mattress to the skate park. So That's actually how I learned backflips. I like just... Roll to the skate park, tried it, did it, and then could do them ever since. So nowadays, like, it's obviously different. you got the foam pits and resis and stuff like that. But um, Ramfest was also a, a massive player in my progression and everything like that. They opened up as I was really going into that phase of progression and getting sponsored and stuff. So, yeah, I used to go there all the time, every weekend. So, yeah.
0: It was always yeah. good fun. It was a treat from my mum. My would be like, all right, we got the weekend off. <laughs> you're not playing footy, you're not playing cricket, no tennis. I'll take it around first and yeah. I'm there and mate, if I hit a tail whip I was pretty happy yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, it wasn't yeah. very good I want to um, put that in your mind but um, you spoke about travelling before obviously going interstate overseas where are some of the amazing places I suppose scootering has taken you
1: yeah so pretty much like everywhere to be honest but the the my favourites have definitely been uh, Barcelona we have we generally had our world's competition there every year so um, we would go throughout our qualifying series throughout the year and then at the end of the year we'd go to the the country, wherever that was. And most of the time it was Barcelona. Yep. Um, sometimes in the UK, I've been to the UK a lot. Um, the USA, I actually lived in the USA for two years, which is a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, I would say like Europe is, has been the best experience for sure. It's just been super unique. I actually... Um, I, one thing that I kind of regret throughout my time of traveling is that I never really soaked it up. I kind of always just went there and was in like full competition mode, you know? To win. Yeah, like I yep. would fly in three months prior and stay at one of my friends' houses and I would just train every single day, like, you know, morning to night. And just train for these competitions and then do them and then fly home. And that's all I would do. It wasn't until uh, I think it was 2019 where my partner now actually met me over there. And then after the competition, we stayed there for about um, a month or so and we traveled throughout like Rome and Italy and um, went to all you know, different places there, which was, that was the best because I actually experienced it for, for the countries and what they were. I wasn't just going to a skate park and then going home, going to a skate park, going <laughs> home all the time, you know, so that was, that was a lot of fun.
0: It wasn't just on repeat. And you, yeah. you said at the start um, of the podcast that you are into your individual sports, not your team sports. And um, I think, like you just said, you were there to win, bit of a perfectionist. i presume just by listening to you when you were doing these overseas trips, was the camaraderie between you and the other riders, was that, was that there? Did you just hang out?
1: Yeah. So I would say, um, it's probably scootering isn't as a competitive sport as what it kind of seems on the outside. Like most of us pro riders are really good friends with one another. It's very rare that you won't that you'd butt heads with them. Um, because we're all pretty like-minded, you know, we, we do what we do, but uh, when it comes like time for comp day, it's kind of like no friends. You switch off, you got your headphones in, you know, you don't even want to talk to anyone. So um, you definitely have that. But like one of my best friends growing up, um, it's a guy, his name is Billy Watts. We competed against each other for our whole lives and we were like best friends the whole time, you know. Um, but the, I think even with him and I, once the comp days on, we're of course encouraging of one another, but we really don't care about each other at the same time. We're kind of like focusing on what we're doing. Um, but I would say it's not like fighting or boxing or anything like that. Although it does seem at the moment, some people try to make it out to be like yeah. that, which is kind of funny, but, um, it's, it's more friendly, I think. Yeah. Which is, which is a good thing. I think it's very community building. So I think a little bit of rivalry, and a little bit of
0: heat and trash talk here and there, especially with the boxing in the UFC, it certainly helps bring an audience, oh, bring for a crowd. Sure. And, yeah. Um, if you can help expand the yeah. uh, the reach of the uh, the sport, that's a, obviously a, a great result. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And obviously with scootering, there's so many different ways of scoring and um, competitions how they're run. Uh, for someone who doesn't know, myself, um, mm. how how is it that you win? Like, is it a five judges scoring out of ten? Is it?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So pretty. It is. In a nutshell, it's basically like that. Um, generally, we have like a couple of different categories that you go off and each category will be scored, whether it's like 1 to 100 or 1 to 10, it will follow like the same principle. But uh, they're kind of – some of the the categories are like things that aren't arguable, like consistency. It's like if you landed everything in your run, then you get a 10. Um, but then there's difficulty and diversity and all these different things. So um, – it with it when it comes to like a competition run, kind of the way that I compare it that people laugh at that is it's pretty funny. It's kind of like a dance routine. It's like <laughs> it literally is like a routine where, um, from start to finish, it should look very fluent, you know, it should be nice and light and fast and agile and unique. And that is kind of the idea of it. Like in a perfect world, that's that's what a perfect run should look like.
0: So, do you choreograph it before like you know yeah. going into the comp that's what you're going to do?
1: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so. Back like 10 years ago, no one used to do that. No one would really ever do that. Um, but now everyone – no one will rock up to a contest at the level of pros and just kind of wing it and just <laughs> – because because you won't do very well if you do that, you know, so yeah. – um, now it's it's yeah, you kinda know generally you have an idea, you have like a baseline run, um, and then if you get that one down first try, then in your second one you go for go for gold and just, you know, a bit send, more adventurous. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And obviously yeah.
0: you do it one at a time sort of thing. So if you yeah. see someone pull off an amazing score or an amazing trick, do you have do you go into these competitions with something in the back of your mind like if if I need to pull out something special, I've yeah. got this <laughs> put away. It's a little bit risky, but I'll give it a crack.
1: For sure. Yeah. I think um I've learned over the years, like to try not to get too caught up in what other people are doing. And sometimes it might even mean that I don't even watch any of the runs before me because generally what I've seen happen and what I've done myself is I'll go through it and all of a sudden I see someone do something really cool. So I'll just change entirely what <laughs> I do and then I'll just absolutely screw up and I'll get dead last, you know, I'll fail. Um, so what I've found is kind of just. I have to make sure in the planning process that I'm confident enough that what I can do, if I land what I can do, it's going to be almost unbeatable. Like that's kind of the idea that I have. So um, in the most recent nationals that I just won, that was back in April, um, which is like our Australian titles where we have all the best of Australia come there, um, I had like a set run that I wanted to do. And then I had an option two that was like, if I land this first one, It's going to be pretty hard to beat, but I'm going to do something even better if I do land it. Yeah. So I landed my first one, which I was, which once I landed that, it was like this big sigh of relief, and it was just kind of like, all right, like now just no pressure. I'll just go out and do whatever I can. Um, and I went for gold in the second one, nearly got it, just went to the end and didn't, and it just messed up. Um, but it was fine because my first one was basically exactly what I was looking for. Yeah, 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 for sure. So, um, and then. You know, like the idea is that you just try to set something so high that it's going to be really hard for someone to beat it. And it kind of puts the pressure back on them to beat it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I guess like I try, I try not to let it get in my head too much because I feel like it just will mess me up in the long run anyway, if I do that. Um, but you just got to be kind of confident in yourself. Cause there's some, there's some crazy guys out there. Like there's like, <laughs> like my, a lot of, some people look at me and they're like, you're crazy. And then I look at people that I have to go against and I'm just like, Oh my God, like, how am I going to do that? That is insane. So, um, yeah, you definitely get that. And what's the go with this nationals? Do you have to win qualifying events
0: or how, how do you get your name in the, in the national um, yeah. competition, I suppose. So
1: you go through like a, it's like a round of qualifying events. Um, so you have like five that kind of lead up to it. Um, and then you have like a state titles. So basically you qualify your state titles then you go to your nationals and then you have your world titles after that. So we, we have our world titles for the first time ever. It's actually going to be in Sydney, oh, um, in October. Yeah. Yeah. So that's going to be good. So, uh, that is the main one. That's the one where, you know, you you really, if you want to win anyone, that's what you want to win. Um, so that qualifies us into that, which is part of the reason too, when I, when I said earlier about how, you know, if you land that base run, it's a bit of a relief because it also means that you're qualified into the worlds no matter what, like you'd be pretty good. You know, yep. that's basically the first thing that runs through your head. Um, and then, yeah, this world's one, basically everyone from all over the world will, come to this one contest and you just <laughs> best man wins. So yeah, it's a pretty full on
0: event. Yeah. Beautiful. Well, best of luck uh, for when that comes around. I'll be, I'll be watching and making sure you, uh, you do all right. Yeah. You spoke about before about, uh, action sports sort of taking off. Um, the X, is it X games? Is it X games? Yeah. Yep. Is that something you'd try and compete in or is that? So at the
1: moment, X Games is only um, BMX and skateboarding and a couple of different disciplines. But I think um, it's looking very likely that scootering will be in the Olympics within the next, like, maybe not this Olympics, but good chance could be the next one, um, whether it's 28 or 32. Um, At the moment, with the trajectory of scootering, it's really looking like that. Um, so if that's the case, more than likely, I'll probably be too old to do that by then <laughs> as much as I would love to. I'm already at, at the moment. I'm actually already the oldest competitor, which is kind of funny. And like how old are you? 27. So 27. yeah, yeah. Wow, they're pretty yeah. early careers in scootering and stuff like, um, you know, we have, so to put it into perspective, one of the guys who's now retired, <laughs> he, he won his worlds at 16. So, and, and like meeting someone that was better than me at 16, like, which is, it's crazy. The progression that we're at now, um, there's kids as young as like, you know, eight, seven years old doing flips and double flips and everything like that now. Um, so I'm pretty realistic knowing that probably I'll only really compete for maybe another year or two. Um, and that'll probably be it for me in that realm of things. Um, but you know, I have the skate park and everything like that. So I'll, I'll, obviously still be within the sport, but just probably not competing necessarily. That's what's pretty
0: amazing with uh, action sports, I suppose, in general, is that the age doesn't really matter. There's not many other sports in the world. I mean, footy, you try and play when you're 12 and you've got no chance against men, basketball, all these things. But yeah. it's sort of amazing for me that you, you got seven, eight-year-olds that can rock up and be just as good. And you yeah. touched on it earlier, but they probably don't have that fear of the consequences yeah. of this could happen. They just go out there, they ride on instinct and uh, it's amazing what they can achieve. I think there was a little girl at the Olympics
1: in the yeah. skateboarding. Yeah, oh, yeah thirteen or something. Crazy, yeah. One yeah, gold, one gold. Yeah, absolutely, just wild. I don't, I don't even. And it really is, like you just said, I've never really thought of it like that, but it probably is one of the only sectors where like age doesn't necessarily play a massive part in it. Like it obviously plays a part in the maturity and experience, but it's not a limiter. Like you could, you could put a 13 year old against a 20 year old and they could beat them for sure. Like it's not even an argument. So yeah, it's crazy to see. And that's why for me, I'm like, I will, you know, I I, I think I probably get more credit now because I'm still doing it like, and I've done it for such a long time. Um, and I'm probably one of the longest people like to have a career in it that has sustained the professional level for so long. Um, and, yeah, so I'm. am To be honest with you, like I'm pretty happy with like my career and how I've done with it all, um, and that I've been able to keep in it for such a long time. It's probably the, the hardest thing. <laughs> yeah, no, that's awesome. A little bit off topic here. Do you? Are you near Formula One at all? Do you? Nah, not too
0: much. Not nah, all, okay. nah, nah. <laughs> I'm sitting here, and obviously I've spoken to it a few times, but just sitting here, really listening to you deeply, you actually sound a lot like Daniel Ricciardo. You
1: know, yeah, you know, actually, quite. I know who that is. Yeah, quite a f- few people have said this. <laughs> yeah, I'm just sitting here. I <laughs> can't get so out of mind. My- Mind, it's just
0: if you um, yeah, if you have to retire from scootering, then I think a yeah, hey,
1: um, in the Formula One. Daniel yeah. Ricciardo
0: stunt double or <laughs> voice double, oh, would, that'd be great, could be up for on yeah. the cards. Um, obviously, scootering it's been amazing for you, it's it's uh, took you on this path in life, I suppose, mm. and now you've opened up your own skate park, Volo Park in yeah. Campbellfield,
1: yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I actually, I was listening to the the one of the previous episodes you did where you guys were talking about how, you know, the clubs kind of encourage you to venture outside of just football and yep. do things outside of that. So um, in scootering, like one of the, I guess, sad things is a lot of the companies never really encourage that. They're kind of just like, you know, use you and pay you a bit of money and then you endorse them and then there's no career path outside of it. Some companies you can go and work with a little bit. um, Like the company that I'm sponsored by now, which is called Triad Scooters, um, that is very much what they do. Like we're heavily partnered now with the park and with different things outside of it. Where there is a career path then, you know, it works out really well. But for the most part, that's not kind of what it is so what happens unfortunately is that probably a lot like in football like um people will go throughout their whole career they invest everything and every bit of time into it then they hit the age where the bills start coming in and they're not making enough money to do certain things or they get injured or whatever it might be and then they're kind of left with nothing and they're left with scrapping for the rest of their life kind of thing so um i Kind of saw that, and saw a lot of people doing that, and thought, all right, well, I need some way here that I can like keep in the sport and something that I know that I'm good at," um, and that was like the the business. So yeah, end up opening my own indoor skate park. Took us uh, quite some time to to make. <laughs>
0: yeah, I was very fortunate actually while you were while you were building it. I came over and yeah, had yeah, a little ride yeah. around in one of your scooters yeah. and oh, I'm lucky I didn't stack yeah. actually. I was trying <laughs> probably trying things a little bit out of my thing, uh, just little tail whips off ramps. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Um, but it's all up and running now, all going yeah, well.
1: Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So we um, took us about eight months to finish building it. Um, from start to finish. It was quite a big, big thing to do because a lot of it was like metal ramps and welding and just moving and then permits and all these different things you have to Did go through. Did you do through. much of
0: it yourself or you got people in?
1: Um, so the I had a full time working for me at the time um, and he is a quite a handyman. He can do jack of all trades <laughs> kind of thing, which was always- Honestly, so, so grateful and so lucky to have someone like that because in any other circumstance, you wouldn't really be able to do it like that. You'd have to hire like, you know, 20 different people. Like we did have another welder come in and, you know, everything like that. But he, he did a huge majority of it. And even I got on the tools at some point and I'm not <laughs> – Type of person, no way. No, anyone that knows me would absolutely laugh because, like, I'm the opposite of handy. I'm more like a a computer, you know, it's as contradicting as it is to writing and stuff. I'm much more like a numbers guy into the financial side of things. So, um, yeah, we, you know, we went through all that with the permits and the building and everything like that and finally got open and then, um, we were open for like two weeks and then we got closed down again because of the In whole. COVID times. Yeah, 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 exactly. So um, then we'll close for about three months. And then we opened back up for about another two and a half weeks, and then we'll close for another three months. Um, so that was just deadly to business. That was not a good time at all, and it was very stressful. So, um, But now, you know, back open, still still a challenging economy for sure. So we're still, you know, trying to find our feet in different things, but we have like a retail store. Um, we're looking at opening up like our industrial cafe there as well and then the skate park too. So we'll kind of run, you know, as three different businesses and just trying to like network like that. So.
0: Yeah. yeah beautiful the cafe would be a great idea obviously I went there and it's in a bit of a industrial area, yeah. so um I think cafes in those areas where you've got lots of tradesmen and and workers all yeah, around um sure. certainly help just keep bringing that revenue in and yeah yeah hopefully then that can then build the skate park again I, like I said, I went there, and those some of those ramps are they're massive <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like it's not your local skate park where you can go and it's pretty easy yeah, like these are yeah. some tough ramps and <laughs> um you're saying before we went on air that uh you're pointing it at the sort of pro riders. You wanted a lot of them to come, but obviously as business work, you end up getting a lot of uh, kids' birthday parties. Yeah, and- yeah
1: exactly. So like a... Uh- We don't get me wrong. We still hold competitions. We still have pro riders and stuff come in, but like a massive portion of our business has pivoted towards like birthday parties and very much the likes of like what you would see if you went to a bounce or a trampoline park, something like that. That's like what it is. Um, which I'm not complaining. I love it. I think it's great. It's awesome because a lot of these kids are first timers. Um, and they will get into scootering and BMX and skating and everything through coming to a birthday party and that they never even knew that this stuff existed you know so we actually do a thing with our birthday parties where we'll they'll hire like a pro rider where we'll go out and do a demo for them and do flips and jump over them and things like that and <laughs> they just yeah you can imagine they just love it like a 10 year old kid just losing it that's never even seen a scooter before you know oh for sure so um yeah that's that's become a massive part of the business and then like obviously venue hires things like that as well um which is really cool so yeah it's just a, it's just that's business you know you pivot and try and work out which way you got to go and yeah, just find our way through it. And you'd obviously be there most days.
0: Are you, are you getting on the ramp yourself and practicing most days or you sort of sit behind doing the admin business stuff?
1: (laughs) I wish I could say I was honestly, uh, I, I, at this point now I, struggle to be able to get like one time a week where I'm properly writing. Um, a lot of it is like sitting upstairs in the office and just admin and just, you know, working on the websites. Cause like basically everything in the back end for the most part, it's just like, um, me doing, you know, all the websites, all the programs and all the different stuff as well. Um, but yeah, it has to be done, unfortunately. So I wish <laughs> I could just go Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um don't I do I do get a lot of help from my mum and everything like that too. She's very helpful with that that side of things. Um but yeah, when it comes to, you know, the growing of the business and stuff, a lot of that's on me. So I got to make sure that we're doing the right things and managing everything right. So I think
0: it's pretty funny. Like we're obviously grown men, you're 27, you own a skate park, you've <laughs> had an amazing career and you still lean back on mum. They're always there oh, to help. I'm sure. the exact same. Yeah, 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 It's just amazing the support they've got. Yeah. Uh,
1: yeah. You you brought out a signature scooter. Yeah. So I don't have one with the, the company that I'm currently with, but I did have a, um, a signature wheel that we made which are kind of like these cool fire and ice theme um and we sold those out like throughout the world real fast actually because it's a really unique kind of design yeah um i also had like a signature deck and a signature scooter as well so that was really cool now with the the new company that i'm on i have like because i've already done it i have less of a desire to care for doing that now so i'm kind of like if if that opportunity comes up pass it to someone that doesn't have it yeah you know so like i i've already had it now so it's not like super unique to me now <laughs> is that sort of they come to you and they say right we want to put your name on a scooter are they then create it or do you have
0: um input into the creative design of the scooter or the deck of the wheels
1: yeah so usually it's a it's a collaborative effort so you'll kind of discuss what idea you might have um and then uh, remembering that a lot of these are like mass market so you've got to look at it like what's going to sell I can't say you know <laughs> go and put a uh, I don't know, you know, like some some random thing on a scooter, like go and put a big football on the bottom of a scooter because for the most part, it's probably not the target market of what they're going for. And then also um, when it comes to like colors and stuff like that, it's a massive part of it too. So i um, sticking to like the more neutral colors, like my signature scooter and decks were all black with like a graphic on the bottom. Yep. And that's what sells the best because black doesn't go out of fashion, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, as far as the design goes, it, it depends on the company, but for the most part, it's kind of like, Oh, say here's my idea. And they say, okay, that's great. But could we make it like this? Um, and could we use these colors instead? And that's, that's kind of, you'll come to some form of agreement in the middle which will make sense that you get kind of what you want on it and they get something that they think will sell to the masses as well. That's it. At the end of the day, that's that's their specialty.
0: They create scooters. They obviously know what's going to sell and what to do, so yeah. we'll leave it up to them. Talking yeah. about sponsors, we uh, better not uh, miss out on Ringers Western. They're obviously a good sponsor of the podcast. Yeah. I'm very fortunate to have them. They do clothing, hats. They sort of can get you – for formal nights to, um, just beating around casual wear. They, they do a little bit of everything. Yeah. Awesome. Um, and they specialize in more outback sort of Western clothing. They're very big over in, in America, in Texas, that oh, sort of nice. thing. Um, so on that topic, have you done any camping? I'd like to ask all our guests that.
1: Oh, camp. Well, I mean, technically when I used to race motocross, it was like camping all the time, but it was a bit different. Cause it's like camping at a track, <laughs> um, but not necessarily, not not like super. I don't not recently anyway. No, when I was younger, for sure though. But not recently. <laughs> no, that's all right. No fishing, any none of that. No, nah, just- do you know? Do you know what's kind of funny is that my parents are like massive into fishing and camping and stuff like that, and I just went the complete opposite direction <laughs> to them. So I'm sure they're so proud. But um, yeah, my my mum and dad super into you know fishing and pool and all these different things, and I've just like been in action sports like enthusiast forever like I don't know why it's something about just like having a constant adrenaline rush to me that's like the funnest part of it but you know as I get as I've started to get a bit older now I've started to like take a bit more of an interest into other things like I don't know any really much at all about um like golf or anything like that but I do enjoy like I have gone out and played it and it's yeah. so much fun like I mean it's just like peaceful you know um but yeah, I guess I'm starting to appreciate those sort of things a little bit more now as I get a bit older.
0: Yeah, venture out and yeah. expand what, what you do, I suppose, your hobbies. I touched on golf there. I couldn't agree more. It's one of the most peaceful things you can do. I mean, I go out and play most days after a game of footy. Yeah. So we played yeah. yesterday. I'll, usually I would have been out in the course right now, but obviously this is more important. <laughs> Spending time oh, with you is more no. important, but um, oh, I feel honored. <laughs> yeah, some people, they're like, oh, surely you'd be like tired, but it's No, you go around, you sit in a cart, you you have a hundred shots or however many you might take and one of the most peaceful things um, you can do. Absolutely. What's on the horizon for you? What does the next five years look like for you?
1: So ideally, um, I think the time will come where I'm going to put the scooter down from competing, uh, but more than likely I'll obviously still ride definitely. Um, but as far as kind of like the, the business side of things, um, I'd really like to get the business to where it's like at a stable point so I can start to do some other stuff and even expand it potentially into other states um, and look at kind of like the long-term future of that. Also working closely with some of the organizations that are looking to get scootering into the Olympics. So be a yep. bit of part of that process um my partner actually just purchased a cafe so she is going into she's had her own like coffee vans and stuff she's been running for the past couple of years um so she's going to have that so we're going to be you know she's going to be busy yeah, there two now cafes in the yeah, family. yeah pretty much yeah yeah and we'll have the you know the little ones growing up and being crazy so um but i mean other than that you know just try to enjoy life just have fun get you know get some new hobbies You know, keep the close friend groups and everything like that. Yeah,
0: and you were saying before you enjoy listening to podcasts. Yeah, um, and especially the the finance ones. Obviously, I can tell by the way you've spoken, very finance savvy (laughs) and looking to learn and educate yourself in that area. Yeah, Um,
1: yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I, I, I think realistically, I just enjoy a lot of the finance stuff because kind of as I've transitioned into the business with Volo Park and everything, I had kind of, I call it like the light switch moment where when, when I first looked into the business to start it, I kind of had this like flick in my head where I was like, okay, well, you know, I really understand and enjoy business. I'm going to start to go into this. Let's like venture here. Um, and I started to get right into the number side of things and really into like the, you know, all the accounting and everything like that. So for me, like big business is my biggest goal. Like I would love yep. to, you know, be a guy who one day owns a bunch of real estate and has, you know, $500 million company, <laughs> or something <laughs> like that. Yeah, but I think not not for the money side of things, you know, money for me like is is... It's just buying time really is all it is to me. Yeah, exactly. So um, more just because I really enjoy it. Like I really enjoy, you know, going from scratch and then building something. And it's kind of what I've done with scootering. And once I kind of take a vested interest into something, I can... I feel like it might sound come off as like super cocky, but maybe some people that are watching can agree. I feel like when I take an interest into something... I can get good at it because I'm interested in it. So I could, you know, even if I'm not naturally good at it, I can just like constantly watch things, constantly watch podcasts, read whatever to learn about it and I'll get better at it. Like, um, so that's kind of my goal with business for sure to eventually grow. So who knows? We'll see. Five years from now, we'll watch this and hopefully I have a bunch (laughs) of Olo parks and, you know, Hopefully you're
0: buying a big place in Turak and (laughs) and settling down. Um, That's it. Are you indie music much? yeah, I love music. love your yeah, music. Yeah, so a yeah, uh, question I always ask my guests when they come on is um, if you're having a party and oh. you've got a seven to ten slot and a ten to late slot, you can have any guest any artist band in the world
1: oh, who who one. are
0: you calling up to to get on?
1: <sighs> um, that's a good one. Probably uh, MGK. MGK yeah, as M- the mood setter, seven to ten, or? Yeah, yeah, I reckon as seven to ten. Um, and then for my second slot, it'd be very contradicting between like Eminem and NF. So I'm like big into like the rap side of things, I think. Um, so NF, I absolutely love his music. He's like, a, yeah, I don't right, know if you've ever heard of uh, him. Let You Down, is yeah, it? Yeah, 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 yeah. So he's, um, yeah, I don't know. Just like uh, some of his music, super relatable, really cool dude. Doesn't like swear in any of his music. And he's like religious, okay. but he doesn't like. Well, she's religion and stuff. So it's just unique. It's cool. Um, so probably, yeah, I'd have to say probably like MGK and then probably NF. Okay, keep yeah. MMM away. They have a bit
0: of a feud I there, love, MGK and Yeah, MMM. I
1: should put them together, really. That'd be great. That'd be awesome. <laughs> Little fight
0: at 10 um, o'clock before yeah, one of them
1: start. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, but, yeah, probably those two, yeah.
0: No, that's awesome. Well, thank you again for coming on. We'll um, give Volo Park one more shout-out. Anything yeah. you want to – Say no, to the just, people listening
1: just come on down to Volo Park you guys uh, any ages any sport you know you can ride rollerblades bikes skateboards doesn't matter we accept absolutely anything um, come on down mention that you saw it from here and I'll give you a free session so beautiful cool. how
0: you go that's a that's a fair plug so um, yeah good luck obviously with Volo Park it, it's I've been down there it's amazing and um, the opportunities to, to learn and sort of get into the action sports areas it's a great it's a growing
1: yeah, uh, absolutely.
0: Going hobby at the moment, so that's great. Um, thank you again to, to Braden. Uh, and Roland Media he does a does a great job here. The van's a great setup, do You yeah. like the van?
1: Yeah, it was epic, dude. <laughs> I walked. I was like, "This is crazy. This is such." Yeah, I love it. You rock awesome up. You're like, "What concept. am I getting
0: into?" There's yeah. just a big white van, too, but yeah, <laughs> he's done a great job. Bit yeah. of a bit of a handyman himself over here, and obviously to Ringers Weston again without their support, the pod isn't possible. So thank you again. If you haven't already, go on to ringersweston.com and check that out. And yeah. uh, like I said, all the best with with worlds coming up, Matty. I'll be keeping a close eye on, and yeah. all the awesome, best with man. the park beautiful thanks so much for having me stoked to be here thanks again for watching guys uh, like always make sure you get onto the socials instagram youtube spotify apple music like follow share leave a rating um, it'd be really greatly appreciated and um, certainly helps us continue to grow so until then see you on the next episode